Welcome to 321 I Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, the chair and co founder of I Relaunch, and your host for today. Today, we welcome Letitia Shen. Letitia is a hazardous substances engineer at the California Department of Toxic Substances Control, a role she got after a career break of over 20 years. She has been very active in our private Facebook group, the iRelaunch Return to Work Forum, and told us a great story about how she got her job, which we'll talk about shortly. Letitia, welcome to 321 iRelaunch. Thank you very much. I am very excited and I'm happy to to meet you. Well, it's great to meet you too and to hear about this amazing return to work story. Can you tell us briefly how you relaunched your career and how long it took you and maybe some of the highlights of, if you want to call it, of that process or some of the major steps? Uh, Sure, I'd, I'd love to. So my career break was definitely over 20 years. And my official career back then was hazardous substances engineer. And I and I left for family reasons and uh, just I was able to leave. And there's, you know, the child was had a special needs as well. So there are many reasons for me to just step down. But when I started looking for my job um, after my child went to college, I did exactly what everybody else did. I put my resume in LinkedIn and Glassdoor, and I filled out applications. I tried doing two to five a day for six months. There's a disadvantage with doing that many. The disadvantage is that you could end up with two to three interviews in one day, which that did happen to me. So, hmm. so then I had to slow it down to, one or one a day or, or a couple a week. So when I started to get interviews, I would get lots of interviews, but no job offer. Then I started fine tuning my resume. And then I figured out that 50% of my applications would end up, end up in interviews. And I'd end up being interviewed by the same people over and over. So they've already seen me once and they're seeing me again for another job and an, and a third job and they still weren't interested in hiring me. So wait, let, Leticia, let me just ask you a question. Is that because you were speaking with the same employer about different types of roles? Yes, or the same branch. Can you just explain what, like a little bit more about why that was? Like who was the employer? The employer was, so say, uh, my big one was Air Resources Board. And their Air Resources Board has unit chiefs, then up to branch chiefs, and then up in section chiefs. And usually all three chiefs will be interviewing me. So, and is this from, like, is this in the public, like, is this from the st- the state of California or is who? This is the state of California within California EPA. Got it. Okay. California EPA is made up of four branches, Air Resources Board, Water Resources Board, Department of Toxic Substances Control, where I work now, and Recycling. I mainly initially focused on air, water, and DTSC. Mm-hmm. What is DTSC again? Department of Toxic Substances Control. Ah, okay. 
Got it. And so you were finding that you were getting interviewed over and over by the same people, but you were not progressing. Right. And after a while, I was thinking, okay, if if you didn't like me from the first two interviews, why are you interviewing me again? So, and I, so what else, how did they, what, what happened? Like, what did you think was going wrong? Like, why weren't you progressing? I, I, I talked to a lot of people about it and hiring managers and they said, well, there's always going to be someone better than you. And there's always going to be somewhere worse than you. And they're only going to take, you know, one out of the 20 they interview. So, Mm -hmm. you know, in one sense, I had to wait my turn. That's an, mm-hmm. in one sense. I th- also is the way I was answering the questions. I was omitting some things that I shouldn't have omitted, like my volunteering, things that I did, creative things I've done, like in homeschooling. Can you talk about that a little more? So are you saying that you intentionally left that out because you thought it was irrelevant or because it was a volunteer job or volunteer work and it turned out that it it was helpful in your process when yes. you talked about it? Yes, and you, you don't know what is or is not helpful. You have to go, basically, I did mention that you need a coach. You need a coach for that industry. So. I work for Department of Toxics, Census Control, but my coach was a gentleman from Air Resources Board. And then he, he, we did a lot of mock interviews over the phone and, and it was interesting. We talked a lot. I didn't meet him for an entire year. After I got oh. my job, eventually uh, I, I met him in person. Wait, how did you get him to, like, how did he become your coach in the first place? A friend uh, met him at my church. And then after that, we got together at the Bible study. And she said to me, you won't believe who I talked to. And it has to do with um, uh, interviewing for the state of California. And she told me he worked for Air Resources for, had his information. And I kind of hesitated on calling him, mm-hmm. which is a mistake. You, you get a lead of any kind, you call. Mm-hmm. So I, I eventually called him and we came up with a time to talk. And, you know, he gave me a lot of advice. And one of the big things I also did was with all those interviews after the first 20, I decided that I didn't want to interview in certain locations. I wanted to interview in locations where parking was free. Mm. So that it was just a nightmare for me to get in and out of the parking and then to the building. And after a while I said, you know what? I don't wanna work for food and ag. Because parking is 20 minutes walk away from the building. Mm, mm-hmm. okay. And I don't want to work in this building. Or another situation was I ran into of which as being interviewed, I was the least dressed person in that room. I had mm. hair and nails done and I had a beautiful suit from White House Black Market. I was the least dressed. Per- I couldn't believe it. Hmm. And, and at that and that point, I was thinking, I don't want to work there either. 
And, and eventually I started interviewing at just the regional offices of which the, the people interviewing me were wearing jeans. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you mm-hmm. know, I could deal with this so much better. You know, let's just talk about that for a minute because you're hitting on two important pieces when, when, uh, as a relauncher, you're thinking about wh- what is my right, what is the right fit? And it's, you know, first of all, you need to figure out your skills and what kind of role you want, but then you also have to think about some of these other, uh, parts of, of the, of, of the work environment, like culture and commute. So how long your commute is, and that includes where you park and how long it takes you to walk to the building, an additional 20 minutes in, the, in your example, and the culture, which could include, do you have to be like super dressed up all the time or is it more casual and what environment do you feel more comfortable in and where you do your best work? So these are important considerations. Yes, and it, it, it definitely is. And I, and, and I had to remember the first time I worked for DTSC, it was at headquarters and they told me there was a dress code of which we had to dress up. Wait, wait, let's, let's tell the audience a little bit about that. So you're saying your work history before your career break, you were, were you working there like years ago? Okay. So, so take us back there. How you started right out of college or grad school, your career, um, at, in, uh, hazardous, I got out of college with a degree in chemical engineering. Yeah. I worked private consulting in environmental. Okay. Okay. And I did gasoline station tank poles. They were changing out single walled steel tanks and putting in double walled fiberglass tanks. Mm. And okay. that's the process. I did private construction, uh, private environmental uh, consulting with that for a few years. Then I got a job with Department of Toxic Substances Control, and I kind of basically did the flip side of that. That's was with the state of California. Yes. Okay. And yeah. I worked. I worked there for a couple of years, and then I took my career break. Right. Okay. So when you were going back, you it sounds like you were very focused on working for the state of California again. How come you? focused your job search on getting a job within the state of California? And did you look anywhere else? Well, first of all, I knew how to apply to them. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a gentleman in my area. I never contacted him. You pay him $1,000. He'll help you get a job at the state. And I know Mm -hmm. people who did that. And they were saying, well, why don't you contact him? And my answer is, uh, I don't need to. I know how to apply to the state and get to the get a job at the state. I I need to talk to someone. I need a coach closer to my job. Mm -hmm. Okay, that I'm looking for. I need to talk to the hiring managers, not this gentleman that can get anybody a job. Actually, the secret is go for office technician, the lowest, and then you build your way back up. And I said, no, Mm -hmm. I'm not going for OT. I'm going for engineering. Mm -hmm. That's kind of ridiculous for me to hire someone for a thousand dollars to tell me something I already know. So So how did you meet the hiring managers? uh, Like I said, uh, my friend uh, met him and he told her what I was doing wrong. And he knew immediately what I was doing wrong and he was right. 
And, you know, I, I had to just, I got his business card and I hemmed and hawed. And after a few weeks, I finally called him. And then he did mock interviews with you. And that's when you found out you had to be talking more about your volunteer work and some other. Well, you kind of twist it. Okay. Mm -hmm. You don't, you use certain keywords. Mm -hmm. So my daughter was in marching band and I was uniform coordinator. Mm -hmm. Well, apparently it's, I think it's uniform director or I was the director. It's an actual position because mm-hmm. it's so essential. So I said I was a director and I managed and operated the uniforms and I kept up with basically 120 um, students. So mm. if you do it like that, it's better than saying, oh, as a chair, uniform chair. Instead of saying, I, I dressed 130 kids and chase them around for six months. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, like you, you quantified, you talked about it more in terms of management and leadership. On- and the numbers, numbers are important. Mm-hmm. Like for example, mm-hmm. uh, one year I wrote enough grants to bring in $30,000 for a music program. Mm-hmm. When you start putting numbers to things, then they can see what you've what you've done. What about on the technical side? Um, did they quiz you? Like, like, did they test you? Like, what about that side of it? Well, there, there, there's the interview and there's a writing portion with my, with the, the scientist positions, which I interviewed for, mm-hmm. and for the engineering positions. There's always a writing section. They want to make sure you can write because writing is a huge pro- portion of every environmental engineer on consultant and and um, um, consulting side and the regulatory side. Kids, kids coming out of college have no idea how important the writing is. Mm-hmm. It's hugely hmm. important. And I'm, I'm almost, one of my consultants is, I, I don't know who's writing these reports, a, a middle school person or someone with a college <laughs> degree, mm-hmm. because there's so many things missing out of these reports that I have to say, and you need this, and you need that, and you need this. Were, were there acronyms or new um, like tech, technologies that you had to be familiar with that environmental engineers are using now? That oh, were part well, of the you know what? Okay, what the amazing thing today is that we have the internet. So I, I work for schools unit that was part of Santa Susana um, laboratories. And mm-hmm. so I, I researched Santa Susana and schools unit. And I learned everything about it that I could. And then what was in those websites, I took on those acronyms and that those vernaculars. When I, it, it would take me a good two days to research before the, in each interview. Okay, can you tell the audience what the significance of Santa Susana? Uh, Santa Susana Field Laboratories is a huge, huge, it's like county sized piece of property in Southern California that basically has a lot of problems because a lot of government research has gone down there. It's it's pretty much a mess. And then schools unit, now this is the weird part, 
schools mm -hmm. unit handles uh, schools that new schools, new schools that are being built and schools that are being modernized, like new buildings coming in an existing school for Northern California. So it was between Bakersfield and Oregon border and then between Ocean and Nevada. That's my jurisdiction. Mm -hmm. So I had to ask someone, I don't understand why a school's unit has to do with Santa Susana Labs. And then someone within it explained to me, well, they had to put school's units somewhere. And it's in, it just happens to be in the Santa Susana branch. Hmm. But if school's unit is hiring you for school's unit, just look up the website for school's unit. I'm like, ah, you tell me this after two days of researching Santa Susana, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. So in the course of like, about 20, inter 20 of the interviews were with the state of California. I know a lot about what's going on with California EPA <laughs> between air, water, and DTSC. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you, I, I just do. So in one sense, I, I just learned a lot about what Cal EPA was up to. And I just, you kind of have to walk the talk and talk the walk and use their words. Mm. But you learned those by literally going on the internet and doing this research and coming across these acronyms and these words and this language and just looking everything up and using it. Right. So like one of them is say ArcGIS. Okay. okay. ArcGIS is a software, uh, a spatial mapping software of which Someone said, you know, you need to look that up and play with it. So I looked it up and played with it a little bit. And, and right now I'm taking a cartography course with my unit online to, to go in more depth with ArcGIS. But one of my points was in my interview is that I can learn any software fairly quickly. And um, I'm not afraid of doing that. And can you talk about what you had taught learned on your own or you would take it what courses you would take in in order to demonstrate that you could use learn software quickly yes for example i on my own i learned something called html so that in, that was the beginning of websites mm -hmm. that was before that's when we had dial up okay with the telephone and so there were no classes at that point so i learned it by on my own and mm -hmm. i and i just coded up my own websites. And then eventually something called Dreamweaver came in from Adobe. I think Adobe makes it. And I was kind of dumbfounded at that point. And I, I had to take a class. So I mm -hmm. took a class on that. I took a class on Flash. And I was just basically saying that I'm willing to learn to do whatever it takes. Because I at the, the when I when I was doing websites, I had a business. And at that point, there was no hiring anybody to do this. It was just kind of in the beginning. You had to have your own web designers in-house. Mm -hmm. So I just said, okay, got to learn how to do this. And I did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, then, and then it just, whatever I needed to learn, I just did. And that was before YouTube. But I mean, that's a really in, important quality for relaunchers to demonstrate it. We call it fearless learning that even if you don't know something, you're fearless about diving in and learning it. So obviously you 
are a fearless learner and you've demonstrated that uh, over and over. Um, I'm, I'm interested in hearing a little bit more about your process because I remember you, you commented to the iRelaunch Return to Work Forum that, quote, you, you said, I received a really nice rejection letter. And I wanted you to tell the audience a little bit about what happened when, as to how you got this job after being rejected for it. Yeah, so what happens is, and I see what happened with the, how this can happen a lot. If you apply to like say two to five jobs a day as they come out, then you'll end up with, you can end up with three interviews in one day, which did happen to me, or five interviews in a week. I had 15 interviews in a month. And so you could end up with two or three job offers at once. Especially if you if especially if you haven't had a break in your career. So that's what happened. This gentleman had two or three offers at once. He accepted one and then accepted another and then accepted a third and then forgot to tell the first one he wasn't going to show up. So when they did it, when that when that first person didn't show up, apparently I was next on the list. Okay, so you're talking about someone else who you were up against in competing for this role who didn't take a career break, who I guess got more than one job offer and forgot to say no to this. And so then all of a sudden they they thought they say he was going to show up and he didn't. So then so they had already rejected you. And then and what happened? Did they call you? They called me and I said, are you available? And I said, yes. And that was it. That's all that needed to happen. So let me explain a little bit why I didn't have a second interview. Um, the state of California, when they're given, when a, when a unit is given um, the okay to hire people, that unit only has so much time to do this. Mm. I don't know what it is exactly, but they were coming up against the clock and I had to start by a certain day, otherwise the job goes away and they would have to start all over. I'm like, okay, I'll start then. I see. Interesting. You know, it is interesting, uh, first of all, to be discussing this in the middle of a time when there is such tremendous now unemployment, because there's been such a 180, you know, as we all know, over the last couple of months uh, with the with COVID. Um, but all but even putting that aside, sometimes people get penalized for applying to too many jobs at a particular employer. But it sounds like in the state of California, for at least in the area where you're applying, you don't get penalized for applying to, to like a higher volume of roles. No, you don't. There's, there's no way you don't. The only problem is trying to get off of your work to go interviewing without your existing employer knowing what you're doing. Well, you know, if you're on career break, then that that's not as much of an issue, but. Uh, oh, you but you see, I was, I was working part-time as, as a tutor at that point. And, you know, people who have engineering degrees have taken a break and I need some extra money. That's a good way to go because I know I could, I could put myself out for 80 bucks an hour and I, people jump. I hide. I seriously so tell hide. tell me what you were tutoring. Uh, chemistry, math, and physics. For high school students? Or yeah, college? Uh, elementary. Okay. Yeah, I did college too, college physics. Uh-huh. 
So and elementary school now. all the way up to college. Now, this is a very good point because um, tutoring is something that's flexible and you have control over your schedule. And it's the kind of job that if you're doing on a part-time basis, it wouldn't disqualify you necessarily for formal return to work programs if you were applying to one. Um, it's one, it's like a side job, but it's still a job where you have a lot of control and, and can make uh, some good money. So I love that that was what you were doing um, on, on a part-time basis. And, you know, it also sort of, not only were you getting income, but I'm guessing some of your skills, not, not, necess not necessarily that, you know, high school chemistry or physics was that relevant to your job, but you were sort of keeping your mind um, engaged in subject matter that, you know, was related. Well, actually, it, it, it is kind of related to chemistry. Understanding basics of chemistry, physics, and math is, is part of my job because I have to make sure that the chemicals like arsenic and lead aren't aren't in the ground and, and you know bug killing concentrations still for the, the schools to put themselves and I need to understand you know units of parts per million things like that. So it's actually quite relevant you're saying. It is. So that's also super interesting uh, for for our audience. Uh, well I thank you. That that's that's really great information. Yeah. For example, we ran into hexavalent uh, chromium versus trivalent chromium. And so hexavalent chromium uh, was in a movie. Really? Um, yes, it was with, uh, you know what? I am so bad with these. <laughs> it's you okay, we don't know what movie it was. <laughs> but it was, you know, you have to understand that the difference between the ion of hexavalent chromium versus trivalent chromium. Trivalent chromium is not a big deal. And and you're saying this is something you might have discussed with a high school student. Yes. Okay. So that 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 is so interesting. Um, Letitia, I want to know if you can talk to us a little bit about level and uh, what level you came in at after you had a very long career break over 20 years. Um, what level did you relaunch at? And did you feel any hesitation or have any conversations around that level? Was it lower or higher than what you expected would happen? Give us a little background it, on, on it, that. It actually, I actually came in higher. Um, the levels, I think, in the state of California for the engineering goes A, B, C, and D. A is straight out of college, B is some experience, C is more experience, and D is when you have um, your professional engineering license. So I left the state of California at level B. Mm -hmm. and then I returned to state of California as a level C. So I'm not sure where the levels come and go, even now. Mm -hmm. I'm not entirely sure. There's a description of A, B, C, and D, but I'm just not sure time-wise where the levels. I was just tickled pink to be coming as a level C. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then in terms of what your job entails, 
does it do you remember what a level B felt like and and did you have to stretch to be doing this job or did it no. come back pretty naturally? It it a lot of it came back it's kind of like riding a bicycle it, it, you're you're wobbly at first but then it's no big deal. I had to learn a slightly different terminology uh, so my first time at DTSC I was um, in permitting side. So I permitted facilities. Whereas now I'm in site mitigation side uh, with schools. So the vernacular is slightly different. We use things slightly differently and the process is, is, is very different. And how does it feel to be back uh, and to be in a conventional full-time job now? It was, it was very, I am very happy right now. And mm -hmm. one of the things I needed to do when I was looking for a job that made me relax is that part of it is kind of to enjoy the journey. The journey is very important. important. I don't think I'd be as happy working downtown or in some of the other buildings. I think I would have, it would have been okay but I prefer being able to wear jeans to work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about how long did it take you to get hired from when you started seriously thinking that it was time to relaunch? A year and a half. And during that time, did you ever feel like it wasn't going to happen? Oh, yeah. It definitely felt like I wasn't going to happen. And I I had to keep talking to some of my friends, um, not not the coach, some of my, my other friends in Cal State of Cal in Cal EPA, and they all said, you know, it takes a while. It does take a year. This mm -hmm. is normal. Someone coming out of college, it'll take a year. The only ones that take less than a year is that you're currently working in a job and you're sliding sideways. Mm hmm. So you knew. So you knew some people in the EPA who could give you a little bit of like, like normalize it a little bit and say, this isn't such an unusual experience. And here you had the long career break too. There's yeah. there be patient. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, Letitia, can you comment on how the iRelaunch Return to Work Forum private Facebook group was helpful to you during this year and a half period? And, and I noticed you, you've participated in it during while you were in that period looking and you're still in it now and talking and encouraging other people who are in the position that you were in when you were looking. Can you talk a, a little about being on both sides of it? Yes, because during before I had my job, it, I relaunched. It was just good to see other people with huge career breaks that were able to launch back into a career and see their success story to see that see how they've done mm -hmm. and then i was happy to give back and say yes it is possible it, the only problem is that it takes a long time but try to learn from it like like i was saying before when i was researching all the all the different branches of uh, of cal epa i i learned quite a bit so I was able to, you know, understand, you know, the way the way things work or what's going on. And so 
learning is never wasted. I, I have a friend who got a teacher's credential and then after one week decided not to do that. And she mm. was so upset. She felt like she wasted. I said, learning is never wasteful. I know a friend after three years got a broker's license and decided after a year she didn't want to do it anymore. Did she waste? I said, no, learning is never wasted. Never. These are, it's a really good point. Um, there's so much instruction here that you found someone who acted as a coach who did a lot of mock interviews with you and helped you um, get better so you didn't keep getting stuck after having those initial interviews. The idea that this took a, a year and a half for you to do this relaunch. And then you found out through uh, people who you knew in the field that it actually, it just sometimes takes that long. And also that you were rejected for this job. And then they came around later and, and hired you. So a, and this is not the first time that we've heard a rejection does not necessarily mean no. Uh, so I, we're finishing up now. We're, we're uh, running out of time. So Letitia, I want to ask you the question that we ask all of our podcast guests. And that is, what is your best piece of advice for our relauncher audience, even if it's something that we've already talked about today? Uh, I kind of have two. Um, one is really understand the industry that you're applying for, because mm -hmm. applying for the state of California is different from applying to a county and to a city. Uh, and then it's different from applying to a public center, even though it's it's all environmental, so to speak. The other thing is, try to enjoy the journey once i mm -hmm. once i decided to enjoy the journey the last six months was so much more enjoyable because i in i i applied to this in position that i have in january and i then i started in august wow that's like that's like seven eight months mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and during that time, I was, I had a huge attitude shift that made a huge difference. So I was, for a while, I was just getting cynical and negative and, and that's just not helpful. It, it transmits to your interview and, you know, just relax, enjoy the journey. Otherwise, it, you just become very bitter. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is really, really important because it's so hard sometimes to maintain that more positive attitude when you're, you feel like you've been rejected a lot and you feel negative. So it's a really big challenge. We actually have some podcasts um, that deal directly with this topic. So I'm glad you brought it up. It's, it's and, the, and, there's, and there's people around you that are rooting for you and they're networking. I, I seriously, I had to tell other people what I was doing in order for one of my friends to, to hook me up with my coach. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that was through your church. And again, sometimes these networking opportunities happen in places where you least expect it. So that that's another lesson uh, from here. And also the whole idea that you did all this research um, 
within the state, uh, researching the state of California and its public sector roles and um, not looking in the private sector and these very specific areas and then going to the regional offices. So that was a process and I think instructive for us. So Letitia, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. And thanks for listening to 321 I Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, the chair and co founder of I Relaunch, and your host. For more information on I Relaunch, go to irelaunch.com. And if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it on iTunes and your favorite podcast platform, and be sure to share this podcast with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, and other social media. Thanks for joining us.